Welcome to Tormenting Tarmac. On this podcast, we aim to take you on a journey of storytelling, getting to know enthusiasts from different communities and with different automotive backgrounds. It's about fellowship, showing the automotive world it doesn't matter what you love about cars and driving, what matters is that you love cars and driving. We also want to have conversations with you, the listener, about what your automotive passions are. What are the things about the automotive space that bring you the most joy? Talk about your love and our love for all motorsports and continue to learn things from all the different sections of it. We want everyone to be able to learn from one another. And this is a podcast for every level of driver and every level of enthusiast. So on behalf of my co-host, Ron Morris, my name is Jorge Aquino, and we welcome you to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Tormenting Tarmac, the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Jorge Aquino coming live and direct to you from Zoomland and riding shotgun and then not even really riding shotgun. He's probably driving because he's a better driver, of course. But Ronald Morris the third. What's going on, brother? Just uh Got me some bullet bourbon and we're having a good chat. Excellent, my friend. I have myself some just good water. Hashtag, I wish we were sponsored. Oh, oh, hey, hey, keep that in mind. Go ahead and jot that down uh, with all (laughs) the other ones that we'd like to go ahead and get us sponsored, okay? Um, It is fantastic to go ahead and hear from you, my friend, and to everybody else that's listening. Welcome back to Tormenting Tarmac. What an honor and a privilege for you guys to be listening to us once more. We greatly appreciate it. Um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than most episodes you'll, you'll hear from us going forward in this podcast, um, because we're not necessarily going to be talking about automotive culture today or cars or anything like that. Um, we are going to be talking something about something that's very, um, near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we're talking motorsport. We're talking specifically formula one and the 2021 formula one season um we're going to be reviewing it we're going to be talking about how much just this was a crazy crazy season as a whole um it just ended we're this recording is happening right now december the 17th so um first of all happy holidays to everybody that's listening um i hope you enjoy yourselves and um the season ended as of right now, five days ago. And Ronald, I'm just here to tell you right now, and I know that you agree with me. This was one of the most amazing Formula One seasons of all time. Yeah, it definitely. It finally, after so many years of yep. Mercedes and Hamilton just outright dominating and basically results being a foregone conclusion, it's good to finally see like, oh man, going into the last race, what's going to happen? Right. This um, is the, the last time that we had seen something like this was 2016, but it was between the two Mercedes drivers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But, we should note uh, real quick too, that if you're listening, um, this is going to be a little out of order of how we recorded podcasts. Yes. So this is going to be our second episode. Uh, and then the next few episodes we've actually recorded before this. So uh, when you hear discussion of F1 and those, it may be a little out of order, but yes, uh, you will hear an episode where we actually discuss Monza, uh, th- that would have happened in September that we would have recorded in October and we're recording this in December. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit out of whack, but, but you know what? We, and thank you for bringing that up. We wanted to make sure that we discussed and got this out to you all within a time constraint where everything at least still made sense. We didn't want to be dropping this in February. And then no. we have an F1 yes. preview coming up like two weeks later. That would yes. make no sense. So um, thank you for bringing that up. And yes, you are right. It's going to be a little bit out of order. But at the same time, um, it, it we're, we're just, 
we, we also want to go ahead and release the episodes in a way that makes sense. Yeah. And this is the way that it'll make sense, uh, at least to us. So I'm looking forward to how it goes down. But um, let's just yeah. really dive into it. I was going to say, let's just get into it. Yeah. Yeah. We, okay. I guess we're going to go straight into Abu Dhabi because that's where everything went down. Um, now, before we get into Abu Dhabi, I just have to say um, congratulations to, Mark, to, to Max Verstappen. That's the first thing. Um, because the dude was absolutely sensational in 2021. I'm going to go ahead and give you a stat later on in this podcast, Ron, and you may have heard it. Um, all right. That I, it, it, I learned it, learned about it. And when I heard it, I was like that in no way, shape or form is surprising. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, I'm, I'm thinking real quick, let's set the scene for those okay. who, listening who may not be big F1 fans. Long story short, Lewis Hamilton, seven time champ. He's won, I don't know six of the last seven championships or something. That's exactly crazy. right. Yes. Yep. Absolutely dominant. Arguably been in the best car most of the time, but regardless, the best people get in the best car and he's just completely destroyed. Um, seasoned vet, if you will. Max Verstappen, the young kid up and coming, he's just 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go into the last race. Tied. Max Verstappen's in a Red Bull. Uh, and finally this season, somebody's challenging Mercedes, which is who Lewis Hamilton races for. And they're going into this last race, literally tied in points. So essentially winner take all. Yeah. Um, so big, big drama, huge drama. And by the way, not only should you be watching F1, but if you start watching F1, like a lot of us have over the last couple of years, check out drive to survive on Netflix, because that might be one of the greatest things to ever happen to formula one. Um, yes. In, in a good way and also in a bad way, but more more it, so in a good way. And I can't wait to watch the yes. behind the scenes from yes. this race, Ronald. Oh my! Definitely, it's definitely uh, definitely dramatized, but certainly entertaining. Hundred percent. I I will do my usual plug here of saying if you've been watching F one and like it, start watching other motorsports too. Hundred uh, percent. And I think you'll be surprised. Yes the the racing in formula one this season while closer than other years it was still max and lewis driving away from the field correct whereas in nascar which i am definitely um much more into than i have been in the last couple of years and will be getting even more so into in 2022 i can't wait for the season to start um it's so damn close the drivers are all excellent And by the way that's not to say that the drivers in f1 are not all excellent they very much are it's just and this is where, and Ronnie, you know what we should do? We should try and kind of talk about a little bit about what the 2022 regulations are looking like, because that's why this, this year was so different to most and why next year everybody is so gosh darn excited about. So we'll go ahead and talk about that towards the end. But my point is in NASCAR, the cars are so much closer. Yeah. In the, car, the cars are so much closer um, in the WRC at Le Mans. Well, not necessarily in Le Mans, because obviously there's different prototype uh, stages well, of those I'll, cars. I'll, I'll say it this way in in f1 the field is stacked as far as drivers and you know that yeah everybody knows that but i think maybe people don't realize in nascar and an indy car the field is also freaking stacked it's insane how good the drivers are the catch is all of them are in more equal equipment in our yes. you watch an nascar and indy car race and anybody in the top at least third of the field has a mm-hmm. solid chance of winning exactly but um, let's 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 get into abu dhabi or let's let's do it so um, qualifying happened on Saturday night. Um, and by the way, what one of my favorite things about Abu Dhabi is it, it's a night race. 
and night races yes. are the best. I don't care what anybody says. Correct. Um, and I, I really don't think anybody will disagree with that because racing under the lights, it's yeah, something, just something special. Awesome. I agree. Um, and of course they have to do that in the Middle East because it's so goddamn hot. <laughs> <laughs> Even in December, um, it's really hot. Well, I shouldn't say hot, hot, but it's it's still warmer compared to racing in England sure. this time of yes. year. Or well, racing yeah. anywhere. Certainly in, this time of year, but yeah. Exactly. Racing anywhere in Western okay. Europe, it's going yeah. to be cold. Um, qualifying happened. Max qualified P1. Lewis qualified. I, right. I was really surprised. I agree with, with the Pat. Uh, what was it? Saudi and Brazil? Qatar. Uh-huh. And, and Qatar, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Lewis was so much faster. Mercedes figured out something in their engine. And and Lewis was like putting what three or four tenths on Max, and wow. it was nuts. And then all of a sudden, Abu Dhabi, and it's like, where the heck did Red Bull get their speed from? At least in qualifying. Yes. So I was um, surprised. I expected. I didn't expect it. Well, you, you know better than I do that um, Abu Dhabi has been a Mercedes track for a long time, with the exception okay, yeah. of last year. Um, but even then, last year when when they went to Abu Dhabi for the season ender, um, Lewis had already clinched up the championship like four races prior. So at that point, they really weren't developing anything. So Max just took the win. Now, no disrespect to Max, but Max took the win last year. And so coming into this season, and so I want to ask you something that my brother-in-law, who unfortunately wasn't able to make it on with us tonight, actually wanted to have him on, but he, he wasn't able to make it, which is all good. But he brought up something, and I want you to tell me how you feel about this, Ron. Would you say that this season the Mercedes engine has been the least reliable we've seen in the last seven to eight years. Compared to previous years of the Mercedes. Yes, yes. Maybe I can't think of any very notable, like, man, they didn't have any, like they didn't blow up or anything. No, I, guess. I can't, I can't. Have it that it did seem like they had some more issues where they were asking well, Valtteri to, got like to turn it down. This and, season. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, now I bring that up because not only did Valtteri have that many engine swaps this season, but you know, for those of you who don't know, Aston Martin is running Mercedes engine, Williams was running a Mercedes engine, and McLaren was running a Mercedes engine this year for the first time in a long time. And I bring that up, Ron, because those guys had a lot more DNFs than usual running those Merck engines, in particular Aston and in particular McLaren, yeah, yeah. right? And obviously Valtteri. So I'm wondering, was this the most high-strung we've ever seen those Mercedes engines because it's the last year of the hybrid era? Um, and for whatever reason, perhaps Red Bull and Honda had them beat in the reliability, in the reliability standpoint, which therefore gave Max a more quote-unquote consistent car. Not a faster car, per se, but a consistent car. What, what, what say you to that? Possibly. It, it, it certainly is possible. I would, uh, how do I say, I, I would more say, I guess, yes, I think that's fair. It seemed like Red Bull was more consistent across the season as far as pace. And it was the Mercedes, like if you like Red Bull compared to the rest of the field, their gap was more consistent. And it seemed like Mercedes was the one who, some races they were really good and some races they really weren't. Uh, and I, I don't know the reasoning behind all of that. Yeah. Part of me too, though, you, you, you brought up, is it because they're more high strung or, uh, you know, the sanctioning body officials and the rules are always catching up to the little games that teams are playing. And maybe they 
realized something that Mercedes was doing. I'm not going to call it cheating. Um, you mean like they caught uh, Ferrari back at the end of 2019 and all of a sudden they became a dog? Yeah, but obviously nowhere near to that extreme, maybe yeah. 10% of that. But like, you know, for a long time there, they finally, the FIA finally realized that teams were essentially having uh, engine oil that was combustible such that it actually made power and they were purposely burning engine oil to like have more fuel effectively. Uh -huh. So maybe it was something sneaky like that. I don't know. Right. Uh, and, and so, so one wonders if it's something like that and they were kind of slapped on the wrist behind the scenes. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting point to but, bring up because I really hadn't heard anything like that. But again, you look at the performance and, you know, we, I, I brought up Brazil earlier in the discussion here and I'm going to bring it up now because it was from Brazil on that all of a sudden Mercedes and Lewis in particular went ahead and just turned it up. Yes. Leo. And it was, it was odd. You, you had, how do I say uh, it was only Lewis that got way faster. Nothing against Valtteri, but is that a skill thing or is that Mercedes hedging their bets and only giving Lewis the upgrades because they don't want to get caught? I, think I don't that, know. It's kind of a conspiracy theory, but it's something I wonder. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to answer that right now from a biased and unbiased perspective. And let it be known right now, for those of you who are listening, I am a massive Lewis Hamilton fan. I am. Um, I think that that was partly skill, yes, but I'm just going to be honest with you. By the time that we got to Brazil, everybody, Mercedes knew and everyone knew it was only Lewis and Max at that point. And Valtteri had already been confirmed by Alfa Romeo. So, and you've always told me that people usually get going. If you're moving to a different team, you usually yep. go ahead and get put out. But I think, first of all, I want to say that the way that Mercedes have treated Valtteri towards the end of the season must be commended. And it looks like they're leaving on excellent terms and, um, by the way, they should be extremely thankful to Valtteri Bottas because Valtteri Bottas was just as much of bringing in those last few constructors championships as Lewis was. Sure. Lewis brought in the driver championship, but, and I know that Valtteri hates this, but he was an excellent wingman. He really was. I mean, Brazil proved that. Um, there was another wingman that was excellent this season. I'm going to talk about him later. But what I was trying to get at was I strongly believe that Mercedes knew that it was Lewis and Lewis only, and they were using Valtteri's car as the test mule to try and allow uh, Lewis to catch up to Max. And I think that whatever it, all those engine swaps that they were doing for Valtteri was them testing to give Lewis the best possible equipment for those last four races of the season. And to me, I think that that proved dividends for the most part, um, because, you know, with what happened in Brazil, Brazil was two things that happened. One, Lewis was pissed off for the screwovers that he was getting. And two, he brought in the heavy artillery and he was mad. So he was driving his ass off and having the best equipment that Mercedes has had all season. You, you put that in into a blender and you're going to get the best of Lewis Hamilton in a season. And that's, I don't think that's questionable. Um, and we saw that in Brazil. We saw that in it's funny. You say Qatar. I say Qatar. I sometimes say Cutter. I hear it pronounced so many different ways. I'm going to try and be consistent. I think it's, I think it's Cutter. I think it's, I, I thought it was Qatar. It might be. It's, I think I it's know. one of the two. I don't know. Yes. But it doesn't matter. So we'll we stick should with know, Qatar. Yeah. yeah. Um, no disrespect to that one, to, to that country. Um, I know they're going to be holding the, the World Cup there in, uh, next year. So, um, but you saw it in Qatar and then you saw in Saudi Arabia, man, Lewis was, I'm not going to say, blowing away from max 
but there was like a five or five to 10 second gap between them for the most part, which was pretty extraordinary. And it wasn't until Abu Dhabi that a, you brought up Max all of a sudden had more pace, which therefore brings me the reliability standpoint. But then when those cars were evenly matched, you saw the two best drivers on the planet. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, that, and, and here's where it's interesting because you, you, you Max had the pace, which allowed him to be P1 in qualifying. And then that race started and Ma- Lewis got the jump on Max. And big time. Big time. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, let's just get in chronologically in the race here. The race starts. Yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of the season, the Red Bull has actually been better off the line for whatever reason. They've got something figured out. Yeah. And it wasn't even close. I think I'd seen that their reaction time was within about a tenth of a second. So the reaction time, the driver reaction when the lights turned off was the same, but like Lewis, the Mercedes just freaking booked it into turn one. Yes. And so we saw that. And for several laps, we saw Max be right on him. Um, well, wasn't it? No, wasn't it? In lap one into like turn four or five, Max, this was controversy number one. Yes. Max, Max puts a big move on Hamilton. He just for the sends third it time in four style. races, by the way. Carry on. <laughs> Correct. And this is very much kind of an F1 only thing. You don't see this so much in other races. I think because it's largely self-policed, and for some reason in F1, it isn't. Max just like straight up sails it up the inside. And effectively, on one hand, it's like, damn, Max, like absolutely, Bullied. if you're gonna do a move like that, Max, like to the freaking last millimeter did it perfectly mm-hmm. such that he sent it, sent it up the inside and his it's a, it's a left, right chicane and his front right tire effectively goes right to the white line on the right yeah. side as the chicane turns mm-hmm. to the left. So forcing Hamilton, basically telling Hamilton, either you're going to crash into me or you're going to go off the track. You choose. Yeah. So first off, that's kind of an a-hole move. Let's it be is. Real. He, and that's his MO. And by the way, I like Max Verstappen, let it be known right now, but his driving style, even though I'm, I like an aggressive style, that there's a difference between an aggressive style and just being a dick Absolutely. on track and Max Absolutely. is just towing that line like nobody's business, but I'll let yep. you carry on. Yep. I agree. Uh, I completely agree. Um, and so before we get to what happens right after that, I do want to say, I was really surprised to your point. That is Max's MO. Lewis Hamilton knows that. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Hamilton didn't block, didn't fade to the inside. He literally didn't. He he left the door open. It was like he was asking for it. And I still, I go back to the race. I rewatched highlights and everything. That is still something I just have never understood. Lewis Hamilton is so good battling other people. Why did he not do anything to try and prevent that? He just like let it happen. I think I have an answer to that, Ron. And I think the answer to that is um, because Max has already done that three to four different times and it's caused a wreck on a, on multiple occasions, obviously uh, not multiple occasions, but you know, sure. Uh-huh. Silverstone, yep. that's exactly what happened. Um, and because they didn't call it in Brazil, but then they called it in Saudi Arabia, I'm going to only assume that Lewis thought the F the stewards were going to go ahead and call it this time. It's like, well, they called it in Saudi. Why wouldn't they call it now? It's the exact same move. And I was shocked and surprised that the stewards said, let them race. Now, the thing was, though, Ron, Lewis completely goes off the chicane and he basically continues on and he stays in the lead. And people were complaining, oh, well, he should give the place back. There's no place to give back. Lewis was was in was in P1 when that move I, happened. Yeah. So so I do agree that Lewis should not have gave the place back. However, if you go back and watch, 
It is insane how much Lewis cuts the corner. Oh, and he absolutely exactly. gained in a day. Yes, he should have stopped. He, they should have had him slow down, yes. allowed Max to catch up, Agreed. and then carry on. Because what he effectively race. did going into the corner, they were tenths of a second apart. And leaving the corner, Lewis was almost two seconds ahead. So that's out of DRS zone and everything yeah. else. It was so weird. that was like. Yeah, there was a lot going on. I think effectively what the steward said was they canceled each other out, but I don't know. My opinion is Lewis gained an advantage in the event, Yeah, even though Max's move wasn't a whole move. However, it kind of didn't matter because after that, Lewis just kind of freaking booked it. And, and credit, like Max was on softs, Lewis was on mediums. I thought for sure Max was going to get around him, and Lewis just like sailed off into the distance. They were kind of close for a few laps, but, but after like three or four laps, it was over. And I think that plays into the fact that Merck had the engine figured out and the reliability was working or at least, you know, four races as compared to perhaps running the same engine for seven or eight uh, was obviously playing a different story. So now here's the thing that I really loved about what happened. And I'm going to bring up the second wingman right now because Max goes in, he swaps his tires out, bro. That was during the virtual safety car. That was during the virtual safety car. And and that's, that's something well, I'll let you say your point, and then I'll talk about what I was going to say. No first. problem. No, I thank you for that because so Sergio Checo Perez, man. Whew, I'm just going to say this right now. That was the best signing yes. they could have made. Period. End of story. Insane difference. hundred percent. And my brother-in-law was like, "Oh no, they should have kept. They, they should have promoted Gasly." Okay, I've said this before to him. I have said it to you too. Pierre Gasly is a fantastic talent. But Pierre Gasly, to me, if he's going to be the best version of himself, he has to be the number one driver. He yes. has to be. Because I if you treat him that. as the number two, you're not giving him the best equipment. Therefore, well, he- and, and I feel like Gasly, from what I have seen, and obviously I don't actually know him. This is just from a fan's point of view. I feel like Gasly uh, has kind of an emotional, I don't want to say ego, but emotional side to him. And Allows him kind to of race doubts. There. Yes, and if he's in first, if he's the number one, he 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 proves yeah. it exactly. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more because we've seen this now the two times that is that he's been with Toro Rosso AlphaTauri, uh-huh. uh-huh. um, and it's pretty exceptional. But when he was the number two at Red Bull, and and you know that was like mind team. games or something that got to him. It was this, yeah, yeah. I think the pressure got to him too. Yes, um, right. you know, and Checo could handle that. And yes, obviously, as we Danny saw, Rick, as we saw at, at Abu Dhabi, as we saw in Abu Dhabi. And thank you for bringing that up because Max goes in for the first for the first pit stop. And I think Lewis went into a pit stop too. no, not the hards on. Right. No, no. So okay. that's that's what I was going to bring up is that's so there's two things that I have always questioned about this race. One was how Lewis didn't anticipate Max's move and block. Uh, and the other one was why the hell did Mercedes not take the virtual safety car and pit? Right. So there, there's a third question that I have and I'll, it's for the end of the race. So okay. Okay. Thank you for so that. we'll I'll get to on. that. So, yeah. so that's what I don't understand. Okay. Mercedes proved that they were much faster than max when Lewis was on mediums mm-hmm. and max is on softs. Um, and I guess, I guess we did get ahead a little bit because you're right. They did both pit under green, I think, and put hards on. Yes. And then on hards, it was very clear the disparity in, in pace between the two and how much faster Lewis was. Yeah. And so my thought is if you're Mercedes, if Max is going to pit and he's putting hards on, 
and you're going to try and stretch your hearts all the way to the end, why would you do that when you already know that on same tires, you're faster. So if Max is pitting for hearts, you may as well pit for hearts and continue the pace disparity. And that's, and like basically guarantee yourself to win. And that looking back, I, I don't get, I understand there is, they probably didn't want to give a track position, but to go as long as Lewis did on hards is insane. And that's also huge credit to Lewis for making preserving that those hearts that whole time, yeah. big time credit to him. So it's, so it's like, that's not that question is not on Lewis here. The first question I had was why did Lewis not block? The second question I have is why did Mercedes not pit Lewis? And and I, I just don't get it. I think that was a mistake. But but while this pit sequence was happening and Matt Max was we don't want to call it an undercut because he wasn't necessarily catching up, mm-hmm. but uh effectively Max pitted first. Uh and then yeah, Checo backing up Lewis. Checo put on a master class. Yeah, it was I, what was it, like six seconds he slowed Lewis down in one it was lap. An, it, 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 it was unreal. Yes, it was ridiculous. Yes. So Check was ahead, um, and he's he, Checo had pace. I mean that. that let's yes, give him credit absolutely. for that, right? And and let it be known right he now, he had pace that, on old tires. On old tires, dude. Very I'm old telling tires. you, if there's yes. one other person that's not named Lewis Hamilton who knows how to handle tires in Formula One, his name is Sergio Checo Perez. That dude <laughs> yeah. is a G. I'm so biased towards Checo. It's not even funny. I'm I don't know anybody who's not a it. who's not a Sergio Perez fan after this. Everybody was like, "Damn, yeah, Checo's yeah. the man, dude." Yeah. Um, and like to his credit, like he did it all. He wasn't dangerous. He wasn't outright blocking. Wasn't moving nope. under braking. Like he was arguably freaking clean as hell, but he just was. completely he was just tripped up great defensive driving. And yeah. so finally, Lewis passes him, but then and then Max is allowed to pass by Checo. And obviously you hear it over the radio. Max is like, Checo's an animal. He's such a legend. Yes. And I was like, yes, he is, Max. Yes. If you win, this is exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Dude. Red Bull, Red Bull owes Sergio Perez a freaking yacht or something. Yes, they do. This. Big time. <laughs> um, yes. And so the fact that Max was able to go ahead and get in there, but then Again, Lewis shut I, it I think, down. I think again. Max is. I think Max got. I think that got the gap between them down to like two point something. It was ridiculous. It went from Crazy. eleven from like seconds fourteen to about or two eleven. Seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really big gap that Chickle was able to allow Max to catch. It was insane. And but here's where I want to get into that because Ron Lewis gets ahead of him and then takes off again. Takes yes. off because that that was my point. And at this point, Lewis is he's still on old are still on the still old tires. On his hard Max tires. on the hards, right? Yeah, yeah. Max had three pit stops. Lewis had one. Max had because well, well, remember he he went from Rat, to Max me. got the extra soft extra set of soft. Yeah, you're right. You're when right. Latifi yep. crashed, which we're gonna get into yes. right now. Yeah. Um, so that's the that. So well, real quick. So then, basically, to your point. Lewis just checks off into the distance again, just 11 gone. and a half seconds. And, and it's on not like old, Max way, like 20 way lap old tires. older tires than Max and just is 30, t- 30, old, 30 lap old tires compared and to I'll, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I will admit at this point, I was like, well, it's over. Lewis is going to win it. Like I almost turned, turned the race off and like when he did something. And by like the way, that. let it be known, Lewis was going to win it fair and square. Had the race day green. Had absolutely. hundred percent. Unless yeah. for some reason, his tires are so old that they, Failed, First, but yeah, but. like unless he pulled a lightning McQueen at the beginning of cars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reference number one to Pixar yes. cars. Yeah. Um, so Latifi, who played a massive, 
massive deal into this whole situation. Yes. Poor guy, because it's not like it was his fault, but I'm sure it's that it's not I like he Wolf, made a choice here. You're well, right. I mean, he, he, okay. So Latifi, if I'm not mistaken, gets bumped by, was it, was it Giovinazzi? No, I think it was Russell, him and Russell, something like that had, was, maybe oh, was, it was you. Oh. I thought it was Russell. I don't remember now. Either okay. way, it was like, what, a few corners, a few laps early. They had very, very minor contact, something like that. Yes, something like that. And so there's they're at lap 53 of 58. So, like, when we I thought it was up, six laps to go. Either way, five or six it, laps five to go. Five or six laps to go. This race is going to end. Like, Lewis has it in the bag. 11 seconds. Mm-hmm. And even though Max was chipping at it, there was no way. And Christian Horner was on the radio talking to David Croft yes. on the broadcast saying, he we're going to need a miracle in order for this yes, to happen. Yes, quote, unquote, we need a miracle from the racing gods. I'm almost Those were exactly the words. Yes. <laughs> and I'm watching this, Ron. And, and like, within a were... lap of him saying that. <laughs> I know. It was so, it's so crazy. Latifi Rex. Yes. In a bad spot. In a bad spot. And I was like, oh, shit crap and so did everybody else that was watching this race obviously and okay this was this is where it gets tricky ronald because they brought out the safety car right and it wasn't the vsc it was the safety it was the actual safety car correct and the now we mentioned the fact that there was an 11 and a half second gap between lewis and max but not only was there an 11 and a half second gap there was about four back markers in between them i believe it was danny rick i think it is four yes yeah danny rick was there alonzo was there um lando may have been in there there was a few of them okay they did not red flag this and i don't know how to necessarily feel about that because they kept them going under the safety car while they were getting Latifi out of the way and clearing up the track. Um, And they were either going to have this race end on a safety car, which I know people would have been pissed about, but it's still the rules or they were going to red flag it and then start. Now, my question to you is because you are the more knowledgeable F1 than I am. If they were to red, red flag this race, Ron, do those back markers have to move or do they start all in the same position, even though P1 and P2 still belongs to Max and Lewis? Uh, I think they still would cycle them around. I'm not certain, but I believe that, yes, that is. Yes, that is because after red flag and F1, they do a standing start. Yeah. So, yes, they would cycle them back around. Okay. So that means that P1 and P2 would have still belonged to Lewis and Max. Yes. But here's here is a little catch about that. Uh-huh. A lot of people feel that they should have done a red flag is F1 is the only freaking motorsport on the planet that I know of where you are allowed to meaningfully touch the car during a red flag. Now, what exactly As a result, they, they could have put, everyone would have put new tires on the car, which means Max and Lewis would have both been on soft. Yes, which brings me to my point. Now, Red Bull made the call to bring it in and put on softs because Horner's yes. words exactly were, we have nothing to lose. Exactly. Mercedes yes. could have done the exact same thing and they kept Lewis out on those tires. Now, my thing is, I'm going to assume that Mercedes thought that they were going to end this race on the safety car and Correct. that was it. So Correct. when Michael Massey decides to go ahead and make this weird call of originally the back markers weren't going to move. And then literally about a minute and a half, two minutes later, when I'm confused as hell and I can only imagine how confused Lewis Hamilton was, Max Verstappen was, and everybody else in attendance at, at Yas Marina. He decides, 
those four back markers are all moving out of the way. Correct. And they are not going to do a standing start. They're going to go ahead and do a rolling start. The safety car is going to move and they're going to have a sprint between Lewis and Max to end it. When Lewis Hamilton held an 11 and a half second lead four laps prior without letting him change out the tires because of what they thought was going to happen. And they just, Red Bull was allowed to go ahead and put Max on brand new softs. Without sounding so biased, because I think that Max Verstappen earned the world championship run. But if there was ever a screw over of a lifetime, <laughs> it just happened at the end at Yas Marina and Abu Dhabi. Would you agree or would you not? Uh, I would mostly agree. 82.3% agree. <laughs> Uh, I mean, absolutely. Lewis was Lewis and Mercedes were the better car. Lewis was, I don't know if you want to say the better driver or not, because he was obviously the better car, but we'll say Lewis was the better driver. Sure. Uh, uh, at the Abu Dhabi race, like they were for sure the fastest had to stay green. Lewis was going to win. And so from Mercedes and Lewis's perspective, absolutely. How could you not feel like you just got screwed out of what was an inevitable win? Um, without a doubt. And so it's, it's almost like, this is what I have said before, although you and I haven't talked yet, cause we didn't want to spoil our own opinions here is I've always, I, I almost kind of feel like Lewis deserved to win that race, but Max deserved to win the championship. That's and thank you for bringing that up. Cause there, that's two different scenarios. It is absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and so like you, you feel so gutted for Lewis cause it's like, he did nothing wrong and, and basically got screwed. But there is a lot to unpack here. A, a lot. And we're going to unpack it right now. Because yes. I think, and I know a lot of podcasts that are very, very popular that I listen to. There's the WTF1 podcast and Behind the Glass um, from with Sam from Seen Through Glass, which I highly recommend you guys listening to that if you're into Formula One, because those, th- those two podcasts, they're legit. And there's a ton of other ones. Um, I'm going to say this right now. I think Michael Massey, what he did was really stupid. And I think that he decided to choose entertainment over the actual integrity of the sport. Would you or would you uh, not agree? I would mildly agree. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, That's um, fair. Yeah, so so I'll say, and, and again, we have to also realize that during all of this, this is like very intense very crazy a lot of things happening in one situation as a as a race director over the radio he did he did as as a race director like i don't think people realize how insanely tough that job is and that often you are put in a lose-lose situation so i think that needs to be understood however and again with the benefit of hindsight I think this could have, this would have all gone over way better had at the very start of all of this. And as far as I know, this didn't happen. Michael Massey would have said, we plan to go green if we can get it cleaned up fast enough. And that may mean only moving some back markers. Had he said that, and then, and again, that was, that was a may, right? Had he said, we may, then that means that everybody knows the situation and everybody has, you know, a clear, understanding of what what is hopefully likely to happen mm-hmm. right and 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 in that case i think it is fair and fine that the race would have played out the way it did 
yeah. because Red Bull and Mercedes would have had an equal chance. But his communication here was not great. It was, oh, we're going to stay yellow. Oh, we're going to try and go green. And by the time it was, oh, we're going to try and go green, Mercedes was like, well, Max is starting to close the gap, you know, under yellow here. And because, uh, you know, they're bunching the field up. And so now they could lose track position and stuff like that. So that's where it really screwed up. Big time. Uh, big time. And I do think that, yes, M- Massey uh, chose to do what he did for the sake of entertainment slash for the sake of, and as he said, we're going car racing, right? right. Like it's a freaking race. You have to race to win. Uh, and I actually don't have a problem with that. We all watch because it's entertaining. It's kind of the point, right? Yeah. Um, but you also have a good point of, but that kind of like has a chink in chink in the armor of, of uh, integrity. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's like it's like when you're watching. Let's say let's use a baseball analogy because you and I both enjoy baseball. Um, Let's say the away team has a nine to five lead going in the bottom of the ninth. And all of a sudden. um, Someone got injured on the opposing team and you had to stop the game and all of a sudden. Well, we're going to go ahead and tie it up in the bottom of the ninth. And that away team did nothing to warrant the fact that they should not be in the lead anymore. Right. And they only did it because, well, it's the bottom of the ninth. Let's see what happens. um, I I would maybe modify that a little bit. Okay. Because that's more, because that's saying like Massey decided, you know, I'm just going to throw a yellow uh, and just let Max catch up. I, I think more it's like, uh, the other team um, had a better strategy. Say maybe they had a better pinch hitter or something like that. They had ready on the bench. Hey, that's and, fair. And, and you're referring to the fact that Max was able to get the soft tires because Red Bull exactly, made the call. Exactly. And, and so they, okay. they put their pinch hitter in and he hits, I don't know, you know, crazy shit happens in sports like baseball. And he hits the ball such that it gets stuck in the outfield fence right at like the yellow marker at the top of the uh, fence and, and the umpires are like all convene, you know, they pause the game and are all like, this is with base loaded. And they're all like, well, what do we do? This isn't clear in the rules. You know, if it gets stuck right there, is it a home run? Is it an out? Is it not a home run? Is it just a, uh, a double ground rule double? Is it, and they decide, you know what, we're going to call it a home run. And later on, it's revealed in the rule book that there is kind of a later clause that still is a gray area, but a little more clear on it. And so everybody's pissed off and like you just gave them a home run when they didn't, depending on who you asked, didn't deserve it. I think it's kind of like that. Okay, I'll I'll take that analogy and I'll go ahead. I'll accept it. Now, we get to that final race. Now, let me be very clear once more. I stated earlier that I'm a big Lewis Hamilton fan. When they went for that sprint. Ron, I was screaming, come on, Max, come on, Max. And then I would be like, come on, Lewis, come yeah, on, yes, Lewis. Yes. It was that I last did the lap same thing. Yes. It was the craziest thing it I've was ever seen. insane. The even f- my, even my almost three-year-old son who was watching, kind of watching with me, right. I pointed him like, like, look, Ronald, this is the last lap. Like, let's see who's going to win. And even he was like, Staring at the at the screen for I for a full lap. I can see Ron being that that gif of that kid that does the the blonde kid that's like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's Ron. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so it was crazy to me. It Ron. was it was 
it was arguably one of the most right or wrong. It was arguably one of the most entertaining ends to an F1 race in a long time. Ever. It was Period. nuts. No, no, no. Yes. I agree with you 1000%. And here's where I'm going to go ahead and talk about the talents of both drivers. Absolutely. Because now, and here's where it's going to get also get a little tricky because, because they were on that standing start or excuse me, rolling start, rolling start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could tell Max kept on trying to like creep up on Lewis and, and you could tell Lewis was playing mind games with Max and then they Max were both playing, playing mind games. Mind with games. Lewis, yes, exactly. Absolutely. And it, it, it absolutely. was really frustrating because it's like, Oh my God, it looks like Max is trying to get the jump on him, but then he, Lewis is making him try to get the jump on him so they could go ahead and oh, call it. And it was like, Oh my God, mind games were at an all time high. It was crazy intense ridiculous and yeah. so they 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 talk about the like flag. thoroughbreds chomping at the bit man oh dude, dude it was it was oh, amazing there. come on come on come on come on come on yeah and and the fact to me ron that lewis was able to build up that much of a gap on again way older hard tires not uh, soft yes hard tires and he was able to get that jump on max that speaks to lewis is racecraft and not his car i'm just going to flat out say that right 100 agree 100 agree what i'll also say is max getting that dive bomb and yes he is the king of dive bombs danny rick move over because you're still the goat but max is overtaking you on dive bombing abilities the way that max was able to get that dive bomb in clean yes no, par- no problem and again down to the millimeter freaking that curve. wasn't dirty that wasn't dirty. Right. That was I agree. clean. Yes. And get the gap. And then on top of that, Lewis got him. Dude, they were neck and neck yes. at the second to last corner. Yes. Second and to last like, at the end of the last long straight. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, how is this happen? How did Lewis yes. do that? Yes. And then I think Max was on the inside, so he was able to go ahead and get the better takeoff. Correct. And then he... The way that he gapped Lewis. I was Once like, they were in the corners where the tires were in the difference, it was over. Yes. I was like, oh, yes. my God. That red you, was so have, fast. I've gone back and watched. If you watch both of their onboards on that last lap, that absolutely proves that they're both champions. Because if you yes. watch both onboards individually, it is unreal. They could not have been anything. If I'm not mistaken, drivers. everyone put up absolutely. that video yesterday. And yes. I was watching and, it. And, with their know, radio I, message and everything. Exactly. It's so intense. It was yes. so good. And the funny thing, the one thing, the first thing I noticed was liked by Hounds Dot and Horsepower, which by the way, go check out the Instagram page, go check out the one only J-Man 19, and more importantly, please go check out Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram. Plug for the night. Carry on. Um, it That was one of the best ends that I've ever seen ever. Insane. In I Insane. Got it, dude, for Lewis, but then I was yeah, how could you not be? for Max. Yes. And, I, and- I, 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 consider myself a neutral fan and if anything I, I actually kind of dislike both of them uh and even i was like so gutted for lewis and so pumped for max at the same time exactly it was like such this weird i don't want to say bittersweet but just like two-faced feeling it was so like ah, like i couldn't my emotional side of me couldn't comprehend couldn't yeah. it was just like dotty error just crashed it was tremendous a tremendous way to end it here's the statistic that i wanted to bring up that was brought up to me by my brother-in-law um f1 did some calculations and the amount of races that they've done this season essentially equals out in mileage the distance from london to new york oh nice um and 
Lewis and Max were so close this season, Ron, that if they were racing from London to New York, and this is paraphrasing, but Max would have gotten there nine minutes quicker. Yeah, that's that's, that's how close crazy. they were. Yes, so that's a 3,000-mile drive, if you will. Yep. And for there to be only a nine-minute gap is unbelievable to me. Yes. Um, Max won the most races this season. Max had the most podiums. Max obviously had the most fastest laps and obviously – the, the big the big statistic for me that to me two things that proves why in my opinion max was more the deserving champion and uh-huh. again nothing necessarily against Lewis here no no i i don't think anybody's going to disagree with you on that i'm that, not going to disagree with you i was think max that flat out go ahead yeah was that max led more laps than the rest of the field combined including lewis hamilton so that is huge and two is that max had i think it's two more uh dnfs I guess technically Azerbaijan wasn't a DNF, but he had the tires blow out, I think, while leading. And then no, it was uh, a DNF. He he didn't finish Azerbaijan. So he yeah. had three DNFs. Lewis and then had a, what? Lewis had one. Yeah. Because they, they both wrecked out at, at Monza. Yes. Crashed each other out. Um, and then uh Max DNF'd at Silverstone, where the 150 mile an hour crash. In my opinion, Lewis didn't put a good move on him and made him wreck. But that's we discussed that I think in another podcast. Um, we did. Yeah. So my point being, Max had three DNFs. Lewis had one. Max led more laps than everybody else combined, and thus, in my opinion, on the whole of the season, Max actually was the better. Max slash Red Bull, however you want to say, it, was the better deserving champion. I will agree with you one thousand percent. Here's the interesting part. All part about that is you know, Mercedes still won the constructors. Uh, and congratulations to Mercedes yes. on that because yep. Lewis and Valtteri obviously slayed. And I think they beat Red Bull maybe by 30. It was very close. That sounds like, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, you talked about the fact that Max had three and I'm pretty sure Chico had a lot more. Yeah. Um, and they still only lost by 30 is what I'm trying to get. Mm-hmm. At. Mm-hmm. That w- which is amazing to me. I don't know if that's because such a strong season for Max or the fact that Chico's results were so strong, even with multiple DNFs more than, Max, he was still that close in allowing yeah, sure. Red Bull to go ahead and get up there. Um, it was amazing. Um, I'm not 100% certain we'll be able to go ahead and see anything else like this again. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions that we had written out. Um, and I think we've kind of answered this. I'm going to both, uh, I'm going to speak for the both of us when I say, How impressed are we with Max's season? Ridiculously. Yes. There is no other way to barely put a foot wrong outside of arguably being too aggressive of a driver. He barely, which we saw that even in the very first race of the season at Bahrain. Yeah. Yeah. We saw as soon as we watched Bahrain, we were like, Oh, it's on. Yes. But what I will say is Max had a reputation early on for being essentially reckless uh, and, and having good results. Not early on in the season, early on in his career is what you're referring to. I mean, yes, yes, yes. And I would say this season, he showed a huge leap in racing maturity. Oh, 1,000%. A hole at times, as we saw at Abu Dhabi, but but he 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 did it in such a way, he's, how do I say this? He's matured, matured in such a way that he's just an a-hole and he's not reckless. So he put that move on Hamilton on lap one that forced mm. Hamilton to have to make a choice. He didn't crash into Hamilton. By the way, let it be known right now that as much as I love Lewis Hamilton, he's also an a-hole on track. He is. <laughs> 
I love Lewis Hamilton. I think the majority of champions have been, especially in F1. Michael I Schumacher. Mean, Seb's, Seb's aggressive. How many times have I yeah, said yeah, has absolutely done freaking Alonso multiple was, fun. He's so, probably the most aggressive yes. person not named yes. Max Verstappen on the grid. And I love yes. Fernando Alonso, but like so every major multi-winning F1 champion has absolutely have how do I say asterisks on the record of results from being reckless. So yeah. Um, let anyway. me ask you this because I, thought, I, I brought up Checo earlier. How much do you think Checo played into Max being world champion over the season? I, I think, um, how do I say? I think Checo did a better job than Botas, um, which, as we saw on Abu Dhabi, perhaps made the difference. But I think outside of that individual comp- contribution, I still think Max was better than Lewis overall right um so yeah if, uh, I'll, let me phrase it this way if you take both checo and botas out of the equation completely uh-huh. like say they're just not racing i still think max wins it that fair. being said i think checo still sergio Perez still did more than botas did fair so basically when i, I just want to make sure i hear you out right let's say if alex albon is in is back in that red bull seat this year let's say they would have resigned him do you see max still having won the championship Ooh, that's a good question uh, i think that, that I, still, it, him or Gaston, i don't know say. especially especially now that we saw what chaku did at abu dhabi by the way that's not, not it's not just abu dhabi it was in turkey yeah. um it was azerbaijan because yes. remember Checo won that race and it was yes. Checo starting p2 after the tire blowout from max and the yes. tire blowouts from lance stroll Yes. Right. Yeah, and you have a good memory. Yes. I, I dude, I that was my favorite race of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though Abu Dhabi was sick, but yeah. like from that craziness, yeah, I, I, Baku was like the tits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember that like crazy. But I, I bring that up because nobody else. Like I don't feel that Alex Albon or Pierre Gasly would have been able to race Lewis Hamilton from a number two driver perspective in the same way that Checo did, which Absolutely is allowed wholeheartedly Max agree. to be able to catch up off of pit stops. Not saying yep. that it's not because Max needed the help. It's just more yep. of, well, there's and, always and a the whole, gap, right? Yes. And the whole undercut overcut game that teammates Checo played play. it to perfection. Yes, I agree. And I think part of it is, um, Let's be honest, the reality of the sport, Botas was on a contract year. He knew he was going to get replaced by Russell. Fair. So he's racing for his career uh, as far as trying to find another seat. So he's maximizing his own personal results versus Perez is effectively racing to try and stay at Red Bull. So he's playing the teammate. That's fair. And let, let it be known right now, um, I think Botas did an exceptional job these last five last five races um, i think i think abu dhabi actually he wasn't that great but he wasn't overall that great, but i think I, he was great in brazil yes. in brazil yes. he was good in Qatar or Qatar, excuse yes. me and he was good in saudi arabia he could have been better in abu dhabi he could have been a lot more helpful considering that he was that he started p3 yeah he could have been a whole hell of uh-huh. a lot more helpful uh-huh. and the fact that he ended p5 or p6 yeah i think six yeah i was flabbergasted considering yeah. that Checo was right behind him and Checo obviously got all the way up to P1 and P2 and battling with Lewis. Yeah. Um, I think Checo also proved to a lot of people that that number two Red Bull car can be notorious. And I think people do have a better understanding of the stressfulness that Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon went through, but 
Checo managed it a lot better than those two did. And I'm wondering if that yes. has to do with his veteranness compared to those two. Yes, I think so. I think part of it is it's pretty clear he's the number two. And so that may, that changes the stress and priority uh, versus um, Albon, especially, but also Gasly trying to prove that they were as good as Max and maybe out, out racing themselves in their head. Perez didn't have that. Yeah. He was obviously number two. Um, so to, so that maybe helps the situation, but overall I agree. And something about Sergio that I would like to note is every car he's ever been in, he's always immediately been fast, um, yeah. which is very difficult in F1. So credit to him. Which is, I mean, we're seeing that with Danny Rick. Danny Rick is fast, but it it took him a while with McLaren, and it yes, took him that's what I was almost gonna, a yes. year with Renault. Yes, you know, yes. Ricardo arguably is one of the best drivers, but it does seem to take him some time to get up to speed. And Perez is like, boom, put him in the seat, and he's there. He's, he's I, very I, good. I would maybe almost say, in my opinion, that Ricardo, once he's up to speed, is faster than Perez, but it takes him longer. Yeah, I mean, it, I think he's honestly faster to an extent more than Lando is it's just Lando's been in that car for two, for two and a half sure. years already. Yeah. Lando had, yeah. Lando's been the one that's actually developed that car. Whereas yeah. Danny Rick is not so that there, that's true. But then that's I, not a detriment I, to Lando. Just calling it like I see it. Yeah. I, I guess I don't want to get too off topic here, but I would also like to mention that I, I feel like Lando is the classic came up through the European ranks, European driver who is, you know, bad fast, whether it's on a layup lap or across a race. You know, lap time wise, straight up skill wise, he's he's fast, maybe faster than Ricardo. However, Ricardo is, in my opinion, the best racer on the grid, the best passer, overtaker, defender. I mean, I did talk about his dive bombs are epic, right? So, yes, yes. That, I mean, that's it. That's it right there. I'll agree with you one thousand percent. That doesn't necessarily mean that Ricardo's going to get the better results. Uh, yeah. Because if Lando is just faster on average lap, then maybe he would get away with it. But if you're in a situation where you've got racecraft, Ricardo's man, I think I'm going to go with Danny Rick all day, every day. Do you think overall did the Red Bull have did Red Bull have the better car? Or was it Mercedes? And we, uh, I think the first half of the season Red Bull had a better car. The second half of the season, certainly the last third of the season, Mercedes had the better car. Red, I mean, Lewis went ahead and just hammer fisted himself. Yes. Yes. Pun intended, by the way. At what point um, is a 33 point gap? I think. And Lewis made it up. Yeah. It's so, unbelievable. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to necessarily discredit Lewis here, but it was clear those last few races that oh, the Mercedes was by far the fastest. Brazil part. proved that completely. Yes. I can't yeah. agree with you. Especially more. on the straights. Yes. Especially on the straights. I mean, let, let me just discuss Brazil for a second because Brazil is where the tide turned for everybody. At least people were like, oh my God, Lewis is going to, Lewis, Lewis, Lewis coming back. Because And obviously he did. He came all the way back to tie it. And it's all started in Brazil. What happened in Brazil was, again, classic Lewis Hamilton. Because, and you know this better than anybody, Ron, you put Lewis against a wall. Like, you don't want to do that because he's going to come and destroy you in about six seconds. And that's yeah. exactly what he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, I'm not going to say the stewards screwed him over. That's I think that's going well above and beyond that I need to. But, I mean... The fact that they gave maybe him, it's maybe it's best to say the he got screwed by the situation. He got screwed by the situation. He got disqualified. His so his qualifying got disqualified, and then 
he got all the way up from P20 to P5 on that sprint oh, race yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. And then yes. he had to go start yes. from P10 because he still had a five-place grid penalty yes. and then was able to win the race from 10th. Yes. And that including is a stuff. max push-off. Yes. Yo, yeah. That's tri- that's typical that, Lewis. So, so I was going to say that is the stuff that champions do. And even though, and I have said this myself, that I'm not always convinced that Lewis is the best of the best of the best because he's just always been in the best car. That doesn't mean he's not. I'm just not convinced that he is because he's always been in the best car during a championship seasons. Yeah. However, I will say that what you just put in Brazil, that is the stuff that champions do. And that proves whether or not he should have seven champions. That proves that Lewis is one of the goats. A multi-champion, one of the goats. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. that is the stuff that champions do. It, it, it you know, I tremendous. think of I think of also Brazil, Seb Vettel uh-huh. uh, had to finish, I think, sixth. Uh, during one of his championship wins and he gets hit on the side and the side pod is broken open and it's raining uh, and he's in last, I think at one point and has to pit and still comes all the way through the field to finish where he needs to finish to win the championship. Same type of thing. That is the, that is what champions do when you are back against the wall, screwed, no way you're going to do this and still get it done. That's a champion. Lewis, Lewis did that in Saudi Arabia too. When he, when I'm not going to say he got brake checked by Max, because I don't think it was a brake check, but he ran into that whole situation is, and he still won by like 10 seconds with a, with a hurt car, damaged car. Yeah. I'm like, yo, how in the hell did you just do that? (laughs) Although rest in peace to that, uh, that, it front wing aerodynamics engineer because I think the car was actually setting faster lap times after the end plate was broken. I clearly, he, <laughs> so that guy's like, no. yeah. yeah. I bet you James was like, James Allison, the <laughs> ch- chief strategic engineer for Mercedes, was just like, okay, um, well, <laughs> that was our bad. <laughs> it was, it was tremendous, dude. So, you know. Let's recap the season because we discussed a lot of Abu Dhabi as we should have because it was really amazing. And we've talked about Max and how incredible he was and how much he deserved it and how much we think Checo played a big part or whether or not you thought he did. By the way, I don't, nobody necessarily needs to necessarily agree with me. That might be a lot of bias that's coming across from me, but I'm also calling it like I see it because again, Checo helped out a lot um, in a way that I don't think Gasly or Albon would have been able to help. For sure. But, you know, you look at the season overall, Ron, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. A, you know, if you want to say Abu Dhabi was your was your favorite race of the season, you most certainly can. But is there any other race that sticks out to you that you say, oh, that was a tremendous Uh, race? Man, I don't know. I'll have to think. Um, I I don't I don't know. On one hand, I do want to say Abu Dhabi because it was freaking nuts. But on the other hand, like it was a shame that it worked out the way it did. Uh-huh. Not necessarily that Max Shooter shouldn't have won or Lewis Shooter shouldn't have won, but just that it, it mm. you know, the way it happened is the way it happened. So that makes me not want to pick it. Okay. Um, uh, man, but I don't know. I guess I would still, I, I think, I don't know. I think I would still have to pick Abu Dhabi just because of the way it just, just because it was the most exciting. That's right. Um, but to your point, Brazil was freaking wild. Brazil was nuts. Um, and, and, uh, the U.S. was ridiculous. But yeah, I think, right? I'm wondering if that was the. I'm wondering if that was more I, I the think, atmosphere. I think. I think I couldn't watch the U.S. Grand Prix. So what happened there? Remind me. I, um, I, I Max remember. won, and I think that uh, the reason why that why that race is sticking more in my head than yeah. Else oh, is, I think I remember Max made a late late move to win in that race. Yeah, but yeah. I also think that that was you know, 
an incredible atmosphere in Austin. And I think yes, that's why it it's more sticking in my head. Well, yes. What was cool with that is that shows F1 was growing in the US. Which oh, dude, there was half a million people over the weekend. Yes. That's I remember insane. this. Song. No, I did watch that. How do I forget? Yeah. Yes. But I don't know, man. I, I keep going to Azerbaijan or, uh, or Hungary. Azerbaijan left me gutted because of Max his tire blowing up completely actually it didn't let me gut it because Checo won <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 <laughs> you know and then and then my new boy who I've said is my new boy he's one of my favorite racers on the grid <sighs> Seb dude my guy Seb getting P2 but, like in an Aston Martin come on man that was that was that's where I was just like yes yeah you know and and that's the other thing then Seb getting another P2 for it to get taken away from him in Hungary but again, massive shout yeah, out to that Esteban was, Ocon for pulling that yes. out of his ass, right? But right, yeah, that was a good race. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Just so I'm probably gonna go. I'm I'm probably sticking with Baku, but Abu Dhabi again. Abu Dhabi was nuts. Abu Dhabi was, and by the way, Saudi Arabia was crazy too. Obviously, for for everything that we just discussed, you know, Max brake checking or not breaking checking, not brake checking Lewis. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll say this. My favorite race of the season, I think about it, was actually the Italian Grand Prix. That's because Danny Rick won. And I was going to say for second. two reasons. Yeah. One is, like I mentioned before, I'm actually kind of not a huge fan of Max Hamilton specifically. I don't hate them, um, but they're just not my favorite drivers. Uh, and so them crashing out, man, that was so juicy. Do you, do you know what Schoenfreude is? I do not know what Schoenfreude is. Schoenfreude, I don't know if I'm saying it right, is a German word that essentially means getting pleasure from the displeasure of others <laughs> it's kind of an ale thing but seeing the f1 uh, world and max fans and lewis fans who are just so ravaged or whatever the word is seeing them just completely them. melt down and fighting each other over them crashing each other out while ricardo freaking wins it that was my favorite race of the year god well, I, that was the thing i was think awesome i think that the great thing about italy was all Lewis and Max fans, even though they were pissed off at each other, they couldn't be mad at Danny Rick winning. Exactly. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And you could, by the way, not only could you not happy. be mad at Danny Rick winning, exactly. you could be mad at McLaren getting a one-two. Yes. Which is, yes. hadn't happened in ages. Even even freaking Norris, who like normally in F1, when your teammate beats you or they get the win in a season where you're probably not going to win, like that doesn't look good. That sucks. That hurts. Even Norris was seemed genuinely happy for Ricardo, and that exactly. it worked out the way it did. Exactly. So, so I, I love your Italy pick. Yes. Um, who impressed you the most besides Lewis and Max? Um, I, I think I might. Let me think here. I would say Perez. I don't know. I'm also inclined to maybe pick Norris. One okay. of the two. One of the two. I. Like I and you know what? You know what? Maybe Alonzo as well. Oh, dude, Alonzo! I'm actually the hell not out of a me. big Alonzo fan either, but yeah, it's between the three of them. I mean, Alonzo. I like I, Alonzo was fair. Alonzo left for two years, came back in a way slower car than people expected it to be, and even though Ocon got a race victory, for the most part, I think out, Alonzo outdrove yes. Ocon all season long. Yes. Oh, yes. Which Definitely. was tre- tremendous to me. Definitely. And the fact that that dude is as old as Kimmy. He's and 40, I think. Yeah. Almost yeah. 40, if not 40. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, tre- he, that is fair. I like that pick. I'm, 
I'm going to say Carlos Sainz. Well, that's what I was going to say is I don't, I don't know if I really feel like Sainz had that good of a season, but well, Leclerc was, was, was the best of the rest, dude. Leclerc. Yeah, he was. Well, yeah. no, Perez. Well, no, you're right. <laughs> Duh. Well, I mean, when um, I say best of the no, rest, no, you're right. anybody you're right. who's not Red Bull or Mercedes. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, he was. But I will say two things there. And I think this didn't get covered much. I think Leclerc was kind of disappointing, but more so it's impressive that science beat Leclerc when Leclerc was, is like Ferrari's boy. Like Leclerc is going into this. Leclerc is the number one. Ferrari loves him. They essentially screwed over Vettel in favor of Leclerc. And then science shows up and beats Leclerc. Yeah. To me, that's like birds, record scratch. What? Yeah. Yes. And, and, but I will say this, it was great to see that, uh, Leclerc and Sainz both had like they, they, they formed a really great partnership. Like there, there was yes. no dibble and dabbling of Sainz trying to go. I'm curious and, that will be different next year, though. Now that Sainz beat Leclerc this year, we'll see. Uh, I agree with you. Because if I you're think, Ferrari, how do you not go into next season and be like, well, maybe Sainz is the number one? So well, I think what's what I think what I Ferrari need still to concentrate on is you've got two very fast drivers now. Yes. How do you use that to go ahead? Yes. and take on well, and I think I don't want to I don't want to get too much into our F1 season preview episode but I will say real quick that I think Ferrari is actually pretty good this year because they clearly have not been working on the car at all this year so I think next year the fact they're that they going to be fast because they've been working on McLaren though yeah, yeah. that's pr- that's what impresses me the most is they you're right they didn't work on the car that much and they were still faster than McLaren at the end of the season yes yep um so I, science, science for me. Um, I'm going to ask you this: What driver changes you think are the ones that are going to most affect? I know this is a kind of a preview for 2022. I'm not. I, if you don't want to give me that much, I totally understand. But are there any specific driver changes that you look at that make you raise some eyebrows in a positive way? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt, not even close. It's Norris going to to Mercedes. I I think, or not Norris. Sorry, Russell. Yeah. Excuse me. It's without a so doubt. Many British it's Russell. Dudes, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's without a doubt. It is. It is George Russell going to uh, Mercedes. I really do think that he's going to really challenge Hamilton out of the gate. He's not going to be as fast. Although it's an all new car, but it is an Hamilton. All new car. Hamilton knows the team. Hamilton's been developing the car. Hamilton's going to be better right away. But I got a sneaky feeling Russell's going to be pretty dang good. Maybe I'll be wrong. Um, We'll find out. But I, I think that's the one that makes me raise eyebrows. Like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And, and frankly, I will say, and this is where I have some bias, uh-huh. I will admit, uh, is I like Russell and I want him to do well. Yeah. Um, and I have always kind of thought that Hamilton's always had the best car, not always the best teammates. And so I, I am excited to see him be challenged by someone who I think is very good. But you know, we, we will find out. Can I can I mention something from a biased perspective just for one second towards yeah. Lewis Hamilton? Yeah. You because you 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 said something that I want to piggyback on. You said Lewis has not always had the strongest of teammates. If I'm not mistaken, Lewis Hamilton's first teammate in Formula One was the defending world champion of Fernando Alonso. Yes, and Fernando Alonso beat him. Uh by a little bit. By, by a by, very by, small by, amount. If I'm not mistaken, Lewis was P3, Fernando was P2, and Kimmy won. Yes, um, and and I will say, to your credit, um, Lewis almost won the world championship that year. His rookie season, his rookie season, but he screwed up and pit in in China. Yes, and I still remember David Hobbs' call to this day 
Lewis Hamilton coming into pit in slides into the gravel race over and David Hobbs goes, Oh, he's beached it. <laughs> and just like, uh, just yes. And just like such a quintessential, a yeah. David Hobbs cheesy call, but also just like, Oh shit. Yeah. So, well, okay. So there's that regardless, there's Alonso. regardless Alonzo beat him. Yeah. And, and not to mention, he did have Jensen Button as his teammate for a couple of years, and Jensen Button did get the best in one season, but the other ones it was it was Lewis. Yeah, if, I, if and, I'm not mistaken, and, it was right before it was a couple of years after Jensen won with Braun. So it's uh, not like Jensen yes, was correct. trash. This is a correct. former world champion, correct. and then and, you know, but I, I I will say, uh, despite the fact that Jensen won with Braun, arguably he won because of Braun. That doesn't necessarily mean that Jensen's bad. Oh, yeah, I mean, but that Bron, the first the... the first half of that season, it was unreal how much better the Bron. I mean, it was a, it was the Jaguar was. from the year previous, right? But what? It, yeah, but what it was is Bron figured out a double diffuser, and everybody else was racing as fast as they could to come back out with a double diffuser. Red Bull was the first one to do it, uh-huh. but it was like half of the season before like they finally had it really figured out. Gotcha. And, and then the last thing, and then you know, they're back to, and then one more teammate. He did whoop Nico Rosberg's ass for three out of four years before yes, Nico literally yes. went balls to the wall in 2016 and then decided to retire after yes. winning the title. To so, me, to me, honestly, that's as more about Nico than Lewis. But well, I'll, I'll I say didn't this. say that you did, and I'm gonna leave yeah, it at absolutely. that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I'll say this. I think Alonzo is I think Alonzo was Hamilton's only ever really good teammate. I think, I think, yeah, I think button was good. I honestly don't know if he's F1 champion good. And I really like Jensen button. He is an awesome guy, but arguably he won because he was in a Brown GP car. Um, And I think that the year that Rosberg won, Rosberg had a better than his average result. And Lewis got in his own head and had a worse than his average result. I I will. So, okay. So I, I do think that on the whole, Lewis has not always had the best teammates. Now, okay. I want to be very clear. That does not mean that I think he wouldn't have won seven championships. I just don't know that we've really, truly seen if he really, truly had, if you would have put Vettel or Alonzo or Raikkonen, Raikkonen in his prime, uh, in the same car as Hamilton every single, every single year, mm-hmm. I'm not confident saying Hamilton would have come out a seven-time champion. Fair. Maybe he would have. I'm not saying he wouldn't have. But it's not as clear. It's not obvious to me. Yeah, that's. I mean, and you can honestly say the same thing about Sebastian Vettel. Yes, to to a way. And that's not to take anything away from Mark Webber at Red Bull, but I mean, Red Bull. Hamilton is arguably a way better driver than Webber. And if Hamilton was in the Red Bull those four years, would Vettel have won four championships? I don't know exactly. I I can guarantee. I guarantee you. I I think. I think Vettel would have gotten one, but I'm not sure four in a row. And and so inverse, I don't. I'm not sure if Hamilton would have had six in a row. If that oh, was. absolutely not. I'll tell you so, that right now. Absolutely so that not. that's where I'm getting at. Yeah, that's all. That's, that's all. fair. Um, I love George Russell. I, I really do. Um, I think he's a tremendous talent. I think of the young guns that came in. I still think that him and Leclerc are the top of the field, followed right behind by Lando. Um, and I do agree that I think Russell's going to go ahead and make some noise at Merck. I'm genuinely interested seeing. Valtteri be a number one driver again and I'm not saying that Alfa Romeo is going to be fast but I do thoroughly believe yeah, that he's going to yes. bring something that Kimi Raikkonen yes. I thought was going to bring and agreed Kimi and didn't. Kimi did yep. not bring I agreed agreed um, uh, and, and, and maybe as proof of this and we'll see what happens 
I agree. What I agree. Botas did at Williams was, you know, he arguably what Russell's doing at Williams, although I'd argue, I would argue Russell's actually doing better, but still. I think Russell's doing better because the Williams was worse than when Valtteri was there, but I get your point. No, I think, yeah, yeah, agreed. Yes. Yeah. That's, so I guess so that's you, see, you see the dramatic results more of Russell than you did of Bottas because they were more average than they were at the bottom of the barrel. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But regardless, Botas shined when he was the number one driver at Williams. Yeah. And I wonder if that will happen again in Alfa Romeo. I kind of hope it does because I think. Me too. That, Me too. Because I like, I like Valtteri. I really do. I, yeah. Get out of my head. Um, I would rather Russell had Botas' seat, but I, I like Botas a lot. Yeah, and that was what was scaring me the most. I wanted to make sure that if Russell was going to take Valtteri's seat, okay, that's cool. I just don't want Valtteri out of F1. Yeah. And I think that was really important. If anything, what what I'm excited about is now Valtteri is the angry old Finn taking Uh Raikkonen's place. And we have seen seen bits and pieces of that. What what was his line? uh, To whom it may concern, fuck you. (laughs) When he won a race a couple years ago. So classic. And I hope we get more of that. So. I, I do too. I, I do too. Um, what do you think is the weakest thing? I, I Actually, I know the answer to that. You're still on the fact that you hate Haas. <laughs> yeah. Haas pisses me off. Maze pin well, is ridiculous. Actually, okay. I'm going to say this right now, Ron. And I said to you this message, and I know for a fact you hate it. But Mazepin, even though he didn't score a single point this season, neither did Mick Schumacher. And by the way, Mick Schumacher was really strong for what he did. I mean, Let Schumacher me absolutely smoked Mazepin every single race, but that just shows how shitty the Haas is. That shows how crappy the Haas is, yes. And I'm going to tell you this right now. And I don't think I'm being biased. I know for a fact I'm not being biased. I think Mazepin, for the most part, showed better racing skill than Yuki Tsunoda did. Yuki Tsunoda, to me, was shit. Yeah, he was definitely disappointing. He was really disappointing. So... And I think Mazepin... Sonoda seemed to come around a little bit those last couple races. Yeah, he finished, yeah. I, finished fourth in Abu Dhabi, I think. But yeah, but, uh, but did you see uh, how many people wrecked out of Abu Dhabi or were yeah, gone? True, they were like, it's like five or six cars. So yeah. yeah, I mean that's not to say that he wouldn't have still been in the points. And I know that he beat Gasly in Abu Dhabi, but you know, out of the hundred and forty some odd points that Gasly scored, uh, that Alphatari scored, one hundred and ten of it was scored by Gasly. You know what I mean? And the other thing is Mazepin, I think, got his act together like a third of the season, third of the way through the season. Yeah, yeah. And I think that from a – He was no longer Maze of Spin. (laughs) He was no longer Maze of Spin. That's the first thing. I also think that he was definitely a changed person from the the craziness and stupidity that we saw at the beginning of the season with his off-the-circuit crap that he was doing, which I do not condone whatsoever. Um, but I think that he finally figured out that he shouldn't be that person. And I think that he really started to listen to his engineers and really wanted to learn. And I think help, I think him and Mick Schumacher actually helped each other a lot. Um, I think from a racing perspective and perhaps outside, I don't know about outside. I'm just guessing, but from a racing perspective, I think they really did. I'm not going to say Haas is going to be at all good next year, but I am going to say that if I am, um oh my god what's his name he's i love him as a team principal why why am i forgetting his name right now gunther steiner gunther steiner thank you if i'm gunther steiner i'm even though you know uh roman grosjean and your boy kevin magnuson i know that you love those guys and i like them too but if i'm gunther steiner i think i am looking at that 
from a perspective of, I think I have a stronger lineup ish because they're young because they're really young and you can model oh, that's the a car. big statement i don't know i i could absolutely see picking mick schumacher over over magnuson or grosjean but i i the mazepin thing i, can't I understand possibly that. See, I, I, see I, I get that mazepin, that's fair right? but just because of i've seen growth in mazepin yeah I, and that's and you know i'm trying to be positive on that yeah, yeah. and i want to be fair to mazepin because yeah. i think he's got the dude's been dragged through the mud for like eight yes. months. Um, and for eight of those months, five of it, he actually got it together. And so now let it be known right now, it's December the 17th. If in January or February, he does stupid ass stuff again. And I'll be like, nah, Mazepin, you're done. I'm done. No, cut the, cut the cord, Gunther, get him out. Period. Sure. Cause you don't need that in F1, but I think it's fair. Was this the best F1 season we've ever seen Ron? You've seen a lot more than I have. I've seen five. It was the best I, of the five that I've seen. I've, certainly, it's the best of the past five. But I, I still think Vettel's first championship season in that last race, where <laughs> he was coming in, everyone was saying Weber's the guy. Weber's going to win. Vettel was—I uh-huh. forget how many points back. Um, I, I think that's the race we're at. at uh, Brazil, where again everybody was saying it's going to be Weber. Weber's the guy, and Vettel was mathematically capable of winning, but still, uh, how do I say? Vettel was one who's mathematically capable of winning, but far enough back that nobody thought it was going to be him. And I remember being a fan of him at that time. Um, really wanted him him to win, and him driving to the field and just absolutely killing it and destroying everybody and winning the championship when nobody expected it and thought it was going to be Weber. That to me was the best of one season that I have seen. That's fair. Um, it's, but it was, this season was really good though. So don't really good. And uh, it's the best I've ever watched. And I think that for my brother-in-law became a formula one season, a formula one fan this season. And he walked in at the exact correct Yes. Yes. Um, if I'm asked, did he come in because of Drive to Survive? He did come in to Drive to, because of Drive to Survive. And I think that's my point of Drive to Survive has done exactly what Formula One wanted it to do. It's bring in that new fandom. And I guarantee you that that's the main yeah. reason. Yep. Two reasons why, why Austin was popping off this year. One, COVID. And people were like, nah, I'm sick and tired of being home. I'm going to a, to a race tonight. Or today and then more importantly i think drive to survive helped massively and yes. i know for a fact that he watched all three seasons and that's why he got into it and he was like oh my god this is tremendous and he's watched it from afar but he really came onto it this season because of because of drive to survive yeah. And yeah. we were talking about it the other day we can't wait for season four of drive to survive next year because <laughs> it's gonna be lit um but yes this was easily the best f1 season i have ever seen um I know a lot of people, you know, if you watch 2016, you watch it in a weird, under a weird eyeglass because it wasn't a great season overall, but it was a great season because Lewis was challenged like crazy by Nico and Nico ended up winning it. And by the way, it's so cliche that Horner made the same call to Max that he did to Seb. (laughs) I'm sorry. That kind of annoyed me just a little bit because he literally, he did it word for word. Was it really? Oh no. He's like, (laughs) Max Verstappen, you are the world champion. And 11 years earlier, he was like, Sebastian Vettel, you are the world champion. Yeah, yeah, Instead of the yeah. exact same way. Oh, no. um, 
But I will say that, you know, the Seb thing, because I've rewatched that highlight a million times, when his engineer is talking to him after he, after, I, think his, I think Seb won Abu Dhabi, which allowed him to be world champion in 2010. Yes, um, correct. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I said Brazil or I meant Abu Dhabi. But yes. oh, oh, okay. Uh, I think you said Brazil because of his crazy result previously in the season, which allowed him to be in the position that he was for right. Abu Dhabi. But, yes. Yeah. Anyway. But um, he, I, I remember that call because his, his engineer is like, you just wait, sunshine. You just wait. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet because people forget Seb was like 22. Yes, youngest still, ever world champion. Thank still. you. There it is, and there's the bias showing from Roman yeah, yep. the third. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also the engineer going crazy in Max's ear when he won. Yeah, that was awesome. Yes. He was yes. like, "Oh my god, Max! Oh my god!" Yes, and yes. you could just hear the whole and, and over the, the mic. Yes, yeah. as I say, you could hear the whole pit crew just losing they their minds. Lost their so. shit, dude. It was yeah. tremendous, which was cool to see. And, yes. and, and, and obviously, seeing them go nuts was it was such a yes. raw emotion. Yes. Um. Do you think Merck? I'm going to leave you on this, and I know we got to wrap it up here in just a second. But I, I, there's a question that I need to ask because Mercedes, not Lewis, Mercedes, well, kind of Lewis, they've been kind of getting dragged in the mud the last few days, man. Well, so here's yeah. So I wanted to say I wanted to make sure we talk about two more things real quick. Oh, okay. One, Go ahead. one is how I'll say the losers handle all of it, and I have to give as someone who has often discredited Lewis and said he was a crybaby and said he was a sore loser and said that he's a drama queen. I have to give him and his dad both of them credit for how they handled that whole situation right as is unfolding. It was unreal how sportsmen they were, how uh, respectful they were. They didn't bitch. They didn't moan. He still came over and they shook uh, uh, Verstappen in his dad's yeah. hands or whatever. Well, hugged, Mr. Whatever. Hamilton went over to Joss and actually yes. gave him a hug. Exactly. It was, it was, that was a beautiful moment. Yes. Yeah. That, the way when they didn't necessarily need to, if there was ever time for them to like, you know, bemoan, that would have been in there. And the way Lewis Hamilton acted there was a class act. And there has been times where he acted like that in the past where I felt like it wasn't genuine and it seemed very genuine this yeah. time around. Yeah. So I have to credit him. And, and by the However, way, Lewis not only went to Max, he went up to Horner as well yes, and congratulated yes, him and gave him yes. a handshake and a hug. And, and obviously for him to be on the podium yes. with those guys and spraying yeah. the bottle to Max, I was like, man, Lewis, yep. I, I, I was yes. like, even as a that, Lewis fan, I grew an additional amount of respect yes, for him. Yes, that man. bumped him up quite a bit for me. However, the flip side of that same coin is I feel like Mercedes and Toto will have not handled it well. And typically, I feel like Toto, usually it's Toto who's the one who's level-headed and Christian Horner who's being a crybaby. Yeah. But but I feel like, sure, they were right to complain. Sure, they were right to be like, WTF, that wasn't cool the way that worked out. We got screwed. Sure, they were right to, I don't even know if they were right to appeal or lodge a protest or whatever. But like they were right to bring that stuff up. But the whole way that they have just been like, nope, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Like, we're not going to have our car in the picture of the Constructors' Championships cars. We're not going to go to the F1 Gala. All that stuff has just been so, I don't know, just sore loser, not good for the sport. Like, come on. So So, Toto really – I love Toto. I still love Toto. He's still my favorite principal in the entire game right now, Um, even though I really appreciate Horner. I I definitely think he's the best team principal. He's the best, for sure. 
um, you know, usually I've, we've seen Horner be the diva. And he pretty yes. much is. I mean, he's married yes. to a Spice Girl. What do you expect? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Ginger Spice. Horror, horror is a shit stir to the nth degree. Oh, and for sure. As, as just as as someone, yeah, I mean, kind of neutral fan. Hers, I love it. So. How many times were Horner and Surreal getting into it when when they had the yes. rental engines? Yeah, they were getting yeah. into it in the press conferences, bro. Like, what the hell? And to see it now, like, I feel I feel like he cracked Toto. That's what I was literally about to say. I feel like finally, for the first time, what we have seen is someone crack Toto, and I feel like, yeah, and I feel like Verstappen was. It's the second time only ever that someone got in Hamilton's head. I think Rosberg got in his head only in that one season, Uh and I think, and I think Verstappen got in Hamilton's head again this season. I will agree. So, like, this was like finally the season where that happened. Like, finally, they got out mentaled. (laughs) <laughs> however you want to say it that's a good way yeah. <laughs> out mental mercedes and, and yeah. hamilton um i i agree with you 1000 because lewis lewis did go about it the right way and especially in that it moment really where i was like it, if i'm lewis, in the moment where it's the hardest to be like that yeah hamilton did it so well, lewis if right i'm lewis him. i would have been pissed i would have been going straight to the stewards yes. yes you know because i want answers yes. but for him to like keep his composure and like, and like we've seen it in situations like this where the guy finished second because he feels like he got screwed. As soon as they go to the for the champagne, they just walk off. Uh, and set, Hamilton set, didn't do that. I know. And it's uh, it's pretty remarkable that he didn't. And it was Mercedes. I understand why they're angry. I really do. But they've all – they not only – not only has is their top driver one, the greatest of his generation and one of the greatest to ever do it, they just won a constructors championship for an eighth yes, time in exactly. a row. Exactly. And I feel that instead of appreciating the that achievement, it completely belittled that achievement yep. because they were focusing on the driver's championship. Yep. And I was and you know. If I'm the engineers and the people at in 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 in, um, in Braxton, I think right. I want to make sure that I don't. Cons- yeah, it is Braxton because um, Red Bull is somewhere else. Um, if I'm the engineers and I'm Valtteri Bottas, by the way, um, and everybody, how do I feel about that? That my boss is not necessarily appreciative of this achievement. He's only focusing on this one and really doesn't care about the other thing. I, it would actually kind of irritate me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I understand his frustrations, but yes, Horner cracked him. Um, I mean, Bose over here is getting free advertisement over the fact that Toto Wolf smashed a headset into the table. <laughs> Such a good replay. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shout out to Bose for creating a great headset, I guess. <laughs> um, and by the way, it w- I will say this, the way that they've... Um, said bye to Valtteri is commendable. And I, and I know for a fact that they're very appreciative of him and Valtteri is very appreciative of his time in Mercedes. Um, and there's, there was a lot to unpack. I think we did a really good job unpacking it, Ron. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and this was just, a, this season has me asking myself, how long is it till March 18th? Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like I'm ready yeah. for Bahrain. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I wanted to 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 say one more thing. Yeah, closing remark for me in regards to Mercedes 
uh, being crybabies and not handling it all this well is kind of a, back to another sports analogy like baseball or football where you'll hear coaches say, um, don't put yourself in the situation where a bad call changes the result. If, if it's close enough or if you weren't good enough that you didn't weren't going to outright win anyway and a bad call changed the result not in your favor, that's on you. You should have been better. You could have been better. So it's kind of the same thing here with Mercedes. Uh, if they would have just, you know, if they would have just been a better team to outright win across the season period, it wouldn't have mattered if this maybe bad call changed the result. Well, I think what needs to be said right now, and again, I'm going to say this from an unbiased perspective, and I want to be clear because I'm looking at an article where it says Max Verstappen says Mercedes, not as gracious in defeat as Red Bull. Um, I think he was referring to the team. He wasn't referring to Lewis Hamilton. Agreed. I, I know that for agreed. a fact. Yes. Um, Mercedes needs to look at themselves in the mirror for one hot second. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this in two ways, because I still don't know if this would have guaranteed a result. They had the opportunity to bring in Lewis for tires, especially in their virtual safety car. Yes, they're in the virtual safety car and the safety car. Yes, with with Latifi. Yep, same set of rules. They had, as, they had as, yes, and yep. they chose not to. It was a and choice. You could, and I'm not going to say, oh, Lewis should have made that call. It like Mercedes should have been the ones to make that call, and they didn't. Now that being said, I can't guarantee whether or not. Max gets the jump or doesn't get the jump on Lewis if both of them have fresh tires. Because if they both have fresh tires, who knows? Max could have still gotten the dive bomb anyways. The yeah, only difference yeah. would have been is whether or not Lewis would have had as much grip as Max getting out of those corners, which by the way would have made it would have made it even more ridiculous if they're both here's the thing. I'm telling you this right now, Ron. I actually think they would have crashed if both of them have fresh tires. <laughs> uh, that's what I was gonna say is I bet they would have wrecked. <laughs> I, I, yeah. it, 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 they were racing too close. Um, yep. but at the same time, I think that they were so much in the zone. Just Dude, I've, I've rewatched the video so many times. The way that Max and Lewis were ripping off those downshifts, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It, it literally it went like this: do 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 do. And I think that the noise that I just made, I think Max and Lewis were downshifting even faster than what oh, I just certainly, said. Certainly, it's um, if you're listening to this episode and you don't know what we're talking about, just go onto the F1 Instagram page, which is an amazing. Okay, let me say this right now: F1. Social media page is fire, but if you really want a great, if you really want a great follow on social media for F1, for the love of God, follow WTF1. Yeah, it's and then good. please follow the Mercedes Instagram page, the Mercedes AMG F1 Instagram page. They are a great social media page. Let yeah. me be the first. They're they're easily the best social media account out of all of the F1 teams by far. Yes. They are awesome. I love them. They're a great follow. Um, But just the way that Max and Lewis were both ripping off those downshifts was simply amazing. Yeah. Again, that last lap worth of racing, if you needed to go ahead and tell me, okay, what, what do Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen stand for in racing? I'm going to tell you, watch, watch the last lap at Abu Dhabi. Yep. Yep. That's them. Yep. Um, this has been a oh man. This has been a a welcome addition to the to to the to the catalog, Ronald. Um, and I I'm so ecstatic that we recorded this episode because a 
we really we really didn't say a damn word to one another. We for those of you who are listening to us right now, Ron and I messaged each other on Sunday and we sent each other a message. He was like, don't say a word until Friday. And I said I then proceeded to send I, I proceeded to send Ronald a gift saying, shut the F up. Yep. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't say anything until this podcast. Yep. Yep. I think we may have sent we sent each other a couple of things. But nothing that was going to ruin no, what yeah, we wanted nothing. to discuss tonight. So the way that tonight went uh, is exactly how I think you and I both wanted it to go, which is yes. tremendous. Yes. Um, but that's it, man. What a great season. Um, we promised ourselves, uh, people, that uh, we are going to do an F1 preview, hopefully, um, as long as we can go I'll, ahead. And- I'll, I'll say let's do a motorsports preview. Yes. Oh, we want to make it one full episode? That's perfectly fine because I know that yeah, we're going to I do so. a NASCAR think... preview too. Um, that's going to be a longer episode, but that's fine with me. It's well, let's see how it goes. We'll talk we'll about it. We'll see how but it yeah. goes. But yeah, we want to go ahead and do an F1 preview. We're definitely going to do a NASCAR preview. And uh, if all goes well, maybe we can go ahead and sneak an IndyCar preview into there too. These seasons, all three of them were. You know what, Ron? Damn it. I really wanted to talk about Kyle Larson. <laughs> I did. Well, we can do another episode. Don't We're going to have to do another episode, yep. man, because I got some thoughts on that. I'll congratulate him. Congratulations, Kyle Larson. Uh, that's all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you look at, and by the way, Pato or Ward just taking, oh, did he use Lando's car or was it Danny Rick's car? I don't know, but, but still, he was, he was ripping around Yas Marina too. Yep. He was awesome. Pato or Ward. Uh, if Danny Rick doesn't work out, which I hope that that's not the case. I really hope. But Pato Award will be the most welcome. He definitely seems to be putting McLaren into a tough spot. He, he sure is. Yes. He really is in a good way. Or who knows? Maybe Lando would be would leave because, you know, I don't know. Maybe somebody would sign I him up. I can't imagine, but you never know. Yeah. Zach Brown's not going to let that happen. <laughs> He's not. Zach Brown has the two dudes that he wants in those cars. Um, yeah. The only way that that would not happen is if Danny Rick ends up punching Lando in the face. <laughs> That's the only thing. Uh, that all being said, we want to thank everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Um, uh, our next few episodes will be coming after this. Um, we've had several discussions. Uh, we're going to be having guests coming on soon. Um, I know Ron's really excited. Uh, we've got a couple of people. Ron's got a very uh, exciting uh, installment that we're going to do of Tormenting Tarmac where, he, where we discuss Life as an automotive engineer, which I cannot wait to blast him with every single question I can possibly imagine that he will be allowed to answer. Um, and anything else, Ron, that you want to add? Uh, no, I think that was good. That was a good episode. And uh, I am excited for uh, 2022 motorsports. So, yep. I'm excited for 2022 in motorsports. I'm excited for 2022 in car culture as a whole. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be very fun. Um, I'm excited to go ahead and see if I can you know, talk my wife into letting me buy something dumb. <laughs> Whether or not that's the case, I don't know. I'm also excited for the freaking 69 Chevrolet Corvette Stingray that belongs to Ronald Morris to yep. finally actually be running in some capacity. I hope so. We will see. <laughs> not to call you out, buddy. Not to no, call you out, but I am excited. Good, I am. Yeah. 
hopefully we can make that happen for you. But uh, other than that, we want to thank everybody for taking a listen to us. We appreciate you all very much. We wish you a very, very happy holiday season. Again, this episode might drop after the holidays, but even if it does still very happy holidays to you all. Very Merry Christmas, a happy new year into 2022. Um, Ron, my friend, always appreciate you. You know, I love you, brother. Thanks for taking this uh, ride with me on Tormenting Tarmac. Go check out uh, Tormenting Tarmac, the Instagram page. It's kind of silent right now, but it will not be once these episodes start to drop and you'll know what I'm talking about because I want everything to correlate with the podcasts that are dropping. And um, But pl- please still go check it out. Go check out Ron's page, Hans, Hans, hounds.and.horsepower. I've been watching too much Die Hard running. Um, and then my page is the one and only Jman19. Um, I just post pictures on my family and then every once in a while I'll go ahead and pick it, put up stuff about cars because I love it. And I also put up stuff about pro wrestling because I love pro wrestling. That all being said, we want to thank everybody for listening once more. This has been Tormenting Tarmac on behalf of Ronald. My name is Jorge. The enthusiast never dies, everybody. Have a great night. Merry Christmas. <laughs>